0: night cry podcast friday january 29th episode 5 it's our fifth anniversary i'm tyler hamer and as always i'm joined with colin davis and we got another great episode coming up for you guys a little later in the episode colin and i sit down with a very special guest a few of you guys may know him it's mr nicholson we're going to talk to him about everything and any, anything about north penn along with some other stuff as well so that should be a really good one
1: really able to pick his brain on how north penn works but you know kind of from the inside us students And honestly, some teachers um, really only see like the final product, but we were able to talk to him about what goes into planning everything and how he has to run stuff uh, along with the school board and within the building itself, obviously being one of the largest high schools in the country, it takes a lot of work. So definitely a lot of great things we get to pick out from his brain and just talking about outside of school as well. So it's going to be a great interview guys.
0: And we will definitely get to that a little bit later, but first, I'm very excited for this. Throughout the week, we told you guys to write or call in and ask us some questions, along with giving your Super Bowl prediction to enter the $15 giveaway. We got a whole bunch to get to, so let's not waste any more time. Let's start it up.
2: Hey, Colin and Tyler, first-time caller, long-time listener. In fact, usually I get through about 15 minutes of the show before I doze off, so I figured I'd call in. Uh, Yeah, my name is Lloyd from Lansdale, and um, I got a few questions for you guys. Uh, Question number one is, um, when are you going to get Angelo Cataldi on the show instead of these other guys from local sports radio? Question number two, who's going to be the Eagles quarterback? Question number three, who's going to be the Philly shortstop? Question number four, when is life going to go back to normal? Question number five, why doesn't anybody come to school anymore? Question six, Tyler, why do you wear pink sweatshirts when you do come to school? Question seven, Who's your favorite teacher? And question eight, are we going to have a snow day on Monday? Please ask Mr. Nicholson that question today. That's all. Thanks for the show, guys. Great stuff.
1: Time's yours. All right, Lloyd. Uh, you're a clearly of a bit of a – yeah, clearly a bit of an earful there, huh?
0: Eight um, questions. He couldn't uh, settle for just one. You needed eight questions. Uh,
1: so, first, Cataldi, I mean – Lloyd, I, I would assume, you know, since you, you seem like a little bit of a chatterbug, you may have some connections. So if you want to help us set that up, man, that'd be cool. Um, second of all, who's going to be the Eagles quarterback? I'm taking Carson Wentz. Uh, third, who's going to be the Philly shortstop? Um, Jimmy Rollins. Signed JT was a big thing. Let's sign DB or something. I don't know. I heard talk about bringing back Freddie Galvis. Um, so that's cool. Um fourth one was that though why does tyler wear pink sweatshirts
0: um i'm not sure but that's a like what you can just get to that i thought my pink sweatshirt was pretty tough today uh
1: i have a pink sweatshirt i i don't see anything wrong with it i think uh lloyd is a little jealous you know oh,
0: he asked um are we gonna have a snow
1: day on monday um I don't, i'm not a weather i would love now. it I, <laughs> I, I would uh love it but um can't guarantee anything Lloyd so uh
0: yeah I'll ask Mr. Nicholson I'll ask Mr. Mr. Nicholson
1: yeah uh, we will we will bring that up uh Lloyd asks so thank you for all eight of your questions Lloyd
0: all right next one here
3: yo it's Matt Hargraider calling in from Hatfield PA so my Super Bowl predictions um I got the Chiefs over the Bucks, 31-24 um, but for my question this week, I'm curious what you guys are thinking on the Sixers as a trade deadline like approaches. Like we can't be we haven't been winning without Embiid, so we're, like we need another star like Levine or Bradley Beal. Which, what you guys think on like how how are we gonna get one of them or who?
1: As much as I would love to have Levine over Beth Bradley Beal, just because you mentioned those two, I don't think. Ben Simmons, who you would need to include in any deal for a superstar. I don't believe he has enough trade value right now where a team would give out their superstar for Simmons. Uh, I think teams have been figured out Simmons, but now we're hitting the point where they figured him out so much that his decline in value is really showing and the Sixers may just have to eat that contract until it's up. Or they get very, very lucky and someone takes him with a bunch of picks in return. But um, I don't think they do anything at the trade deadline for anyone. that will be, like, game-changing, um, maybe improve the bench. But they've already been really good. So I think the Sixers stay uh, silent at the deadline and just try and rock this one out.
0: You know who I want?
1: So, I want Iquadala.
0: <laughs> or or I did hear Lonzo Ball or J.J. Redick returning, so that would be um,
1: I mean, J.J., sure oh, you
0: uh, just, Lonzo? But you already
1: have Seth Curry, who kind of filled that I want J.J. Redick back void that we've been feeling the last couple of years uh, Lonzo made zero sense to me, because I don't know what he's going to do without the ball Because regardless of who you bring in, unless you trade Simmons Simmons is going to have the ball So that, that one made no sense to me All right, next one here. This is North Penn basketball legend Carter Holahan calling in from my bathroom. I predict the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl uh, 24
0: to 17. Um, I got two questions for you. One is how do you think the basketball team has
1: done replacing me? And two, um, we should collab and make an episode together. Let me know.
0: <laughs> North Penn alumni calling in. Guess Casey's pod reaches all parts of the of the area. I feel like the basketball team is actually doing pretty good this year, five and two. Um, on Wednesday, we talked with Josh about that. They got a big game coming up tonight. Um, Carter, I feel like you were more known for soccer than basketball. I don't know, uh, Colin. How you feel about that?
1: Um. Yeah. Uh, Carter. You're an All-American is soccer, not basketball, man. I don't know about that jumper. Um, basketball definitely looking good. Conrad has them clearly on the same page and bouncing back from back-to-back losses, which were obviously hard games and overtime loss. Really, really close against Penridge. And obviously a bad game against PW, but PW is usually known as one of the premier teams for basketball. So you just shake those ones off. Um, they're coming back right now. Obviously, last night with the East win, that was a really great game. So, you know, they're on a roll right now. And Carter, if you do want to get on the show, we're going to have to clear that with upper management. But uh, I think we'd love to have you.
3: Uh, We can definitely get Carter on. Hey, it's Tyler Dininger once again calling in from Lansdale here into the KC pod. My Super Bowl prediction two Sundays from now, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Chiefs 38-34. And now on to a possible long-term prediction for you two. I want to hear your thoughts. Do you guys believe that our new president, Joe Biden, will complete his term? Or do you think it's not going gonna, gonna to be too much for the 78-year-old president? Let me know. Andy Suss.
1: Um, first of all, I'd like to heavily disagree with your prediction because the Chiefs are very overpowered and I do not think the Buccaneers defense is good enough. But to get to your actual question, yes, Biden will stick out all four. Not um, eight. Sure, I mean, tr- listen. Four, or eight, I'm not. He didn't ask me about re-election, so we'll just talk about this term right now. I think he'll get all four. He'll stick it out. Um, listen, Trump is very, very similar in age and just did the same thing. Um, I, I don't think. And let's not forget, they're getting the best healthcare in the world if they ever get sick. So I think they, him, um, Biden will definitely be cool he'll be there all four there's really nothing to worry about on
3: my end yo ty it's Quinn calling from north wales just here to give you my super bowl prediction and i'm taking tampa bay by nine and uh just wanted to follow up with a question you think this is uh brady's last game or what's happening here
0: uh no i think brady will keep going until he's at least 80 years old um no but I don't know. I definitely don't think this is his last game, especially I think either way, if he wins, he's going to be like, oh, I can still do this, and I'm going to keep going. And if he loses, um, I feel like he's just going to be more determined to come back.
3: Yup. Uh, it's Evan. I'm making the call while on the road. I'm predicting Chiefs 35,
1: Bucks 31. Evan, there was a... No question there, buddy, but... uh you know, glad you, uh, get your little participation ribbon. I do like the prediction though. Uh, chiefs will take the win. In my opinion, going to be a high scoring game. So I'll agree with you there, but, uh, next time, uh, let's uh, try and follow the rules here, man. There needs to be a question somewhere.
0: I actually have a a question for Evan. If he wants to come on the pod, uh, we would, we would like to have Evan on. Maybe we can have Evan and Mr. Monero on at the same time. That would be, that'd be jokes.
1: That's a great, actually, that's actually a really good idea. Uh, I'm fully behind this. Mr. Monero, I know you're listening, and if you're not, like, come on, bro. Like, this is your idea. So uh, I think that is something we definitely need to do in the future. Yo,
0: what
3: up? It's Cope from the Dale. You know what I'm saying? My prediction of the Super Bowl, got to be Chiefs over the Buccaneers, 28-24. Uh, I don't got a question, but if anybody wants to Smoke and to hit me up on Xbox, Gamer tag Baller 2417
0: Uh, For the record, he is 0-5 against me in Madden.
1: I would absolutely dust Cope in Madden. And I know he's going to listen to this because he knows he called in. So, Cope, any single time, I promise, I I will literally drive over to your house and walk in your own place and whoop you in Madden. So, let's set that up sometime, please.
0: This is Andrew calling in from North Wales, PA. Uh, first off, my score prediction for the Super Bowl challenge is I got Chiefs 35, Buccaneers 28. Shout out my guy, G. And then my question for y'all is, uh, I just got finished my first class of public speaking today, and I know Tyler just took public speaking last semester. And I was wondering if what you guys think about that class and if you think it should be a requirement just like gym classes should be. Uh, that's big respect for the G28 reference. Uh, I respect that. As for public speaking, uh, it was a good class. Monegro teaches it definitely in a unique way, but I feel like it's a class that most people should take.
1: I think that it is something I regret not taking because I've heard only positive things about the class itself. Um, and I think public speaking in general is a skill that a lot of people need to learn throughout their lives it just helps you in any and every situation so i think maybe not required but incorporated in a lot of different curriculums
0: yo what's up boys it's everett sandone calling from lansdale pennsylvania to let you know what my super bowl prediction is for 2021 and that would be tampa 33 kansas 29 I also wanted to ask you guys, uh, uh, what your favorite, um, what your favorite moment from uh, your uh, your whole high school career was—tenth, eleventh, or twelfth grade—in school, out of school, what was it?
1: Uh, first of all, like I said, for anyone that picks Kansas City, love the pred- prediction. But uh, in terms of a favorite high school moment, I would just say um, just playing football. Um, obviously football means a lot to me and being able to play well not only play but start this last year was just something really special so um probably our last game senior year because you know really felt like the end to something special
0: Uh, for me I would say it's not really for me but um I saw my friend Dom score the game-winning goal in overtime for the soccer team and I thought that was just a really cool moment so I'd say it was probably my that's also the most hype uh goal I've seen at the high school level of all time so little biased but that was my favorite high school moment what's up tyler this is jeff sabater from lansdale pennsylvania my super bowl prediction buccaneers 41 chiefs 22 i got tom brady winning mvp
1: so love the prediction um high scoring game by the chiefs which i think truly will happen um but once again just like evan uh, there's no question so uh gotta be better with that guys um but jeff if i don't i don't know if we're going to extend the same invite to you as we did evan was getting on the pod um, but you know just call in next time with a question
0: now maybe we do a baseball player segment where we just have all the baseball players call in and ask uh monero a question
1: oh when, when we hopefully get monero on the podcast <laughs> yeah I, I think that's actually a good idea we should do that.
3: Hey boys, how you doing? It's Cole Bradley here from Lansville. I'm a big fan. I was just calling in to ask your opinions on Tyreek Hill's comments the other day that he's the fastest wide receiver in the game right now and that he can beat any other player in a race. Also, the Super Bowl prediction is going to have to be Chiefs 35, Buccaneers 30. Thanks a lot, boys. Go Chiefs!
0: Yeah, I think Tyree Kill's um, the fastest receiver in the league. Con, I don't know about you, but um, I think Tyree Kill's the
1: fastest. 100%. There's no debate here that Tyree Kill's the fastest receiver slash player in the league. I don't know who would question this at all.
0: Remember when we drafted Rieger and people were saying that like one of the explanations for why is because he was like he ran faster than Tyree Kill or something?
1: I remember that he was, like, insanely fast, which he still is. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm pretty sure – I can't remember which game it was. We had that insane punt return touchdown. Um, But, like, speed is not everything, first of all. And uh, clearly Justin Jefferson was the right pick. So, that's pretty irrelevant. Yo, what's up, guys? Josh Jones calling in from Hatfield.
0: Uh, my score prediction for the Super Bowl, taking Goat Tom Brady –
1: and the Bucks in a shootout, thirty-eight, thirty-five. So thinking Tom's going to get his seventh ring. But anyways, uh, my question for you guys is: What do you make of the the blue blood schools for college basketball kind of struggling early? I know Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina. None of them are even in the top twenty-five right now. You think they'll uh, turn it around come March? For me personally basketball has not been crazy high in my interest so i'll admit that i haven't been following either nba or college as closely but i would say that usually in march they're always there so you just never know depending on what seed they are they could make a run in the playoffs
0: what's going on it's dominic geddick
2: number 26 dominic geddick
0: calling in from poland Really love what you guys are doing with the podcast, really says a lot about society. Uh, for the Super Bowl, I got Brady on top, 32-28, to 28. and I got a question from my man's Colin. Uh, rumor going around says that you're going to be the new track star this coming up season, so I just wanted to hear from you if you're really going to be running track. It's probably going to help uh, cut down the weight too, so
1: Thanks. So this has been a running joke since last year where if anyone's listening and that's on the team, I was telling people that I was going to run cross country this upcoming uh, year. Um, Sadly, that did not happen. Um, That would
0: help with the uh, cutting to be a linebacker though.
1: It would. It would. Thank you, Tyler, for also informing the listeners in case they didn't listen to our previous episode with uh, Cole calling in. But I have considered doing spring track and field, mostly throwing shot. So if that happens, it happens. But I have not made a decision yet.
0: Yo, Ty, this is Gav calling from Lansdale, Pennsylvania. I got Buccaneers winning by 10. My question for you is if the Chiefs lose this game, is this Travis Kelsey's last year? Um, I didn't know if there, if there was even talks of him retiring. Um, I know his brother Jason Kelsey might retire because of the state that the Eagles are in right now, but if they win another Super Bowl in two and three years, I can only imagine that Travis is going to keep going over there in Kansas City.
1: Hey, it's Steven Corrado calling from Lansdale, and I got the Chiefs winning 38-35 against the Buccaneers. And my question is, you probably think about this a lot, but uh, how do you feel about Ben Simmons in the future with the Sixers? Seems like to be a hot topic around our call honestly. Um, but like I said earlier, uh, Simmons can't go anywhere, basically, contract-wise. No, has no value, in my opinion, unless it's a bunch of draft picks. Um, so he's going to be here for the long term. Uh, but people forget that we do have a new coach in and a new coach does not fix everything in one season Um, so he's going to be working with him especially because hopefully um, we have a regular off season this coming year so they're able to work for more than just two months on everything he's able to develop at least somewhat of confidence in attempting jumpers doesn't really even have to hit them just make it respectable where teams are not sitting inside the paint trying to guard you so simmons is going to be here unless we get some desperate team making an offer
0: all right let's get to the last one here hi um this is kevin murphy from nansdale pa um my Super Bowl prediction is uh 14 10 bucks because yeah. Um, so my question is: um, of everyone in the NBA, open shot, the fate the universe on the line, the Martians have the Death Beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. Um, if anyone in the NBA, who you guys got hitting that shot? Because um, I want Igudala. So thanks. Um, Kev, I think it's pretty obvious who we all want taking I want that shot. Yeah, I think it's pretty
1: obvious we want Igudala. Uh, that uh, fourteen to ten pick. That was uh, really weird. If you think Mo- – and he had the Bucks as the winner, correct? Yeah. If you have Patrick Mahomes alone scoring only 10 points, um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what to tell you because that just doesn't even make sense. But, uh, I mean, that's your prediction. I completely well, like, disagree. But-
0: I kind of like the strategy. Everyone else is picking high, so if it does end up being low – you got the boy Kev Murph there swooping up for that fifteen bucks.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, like both defenses are so sketchy, especially the Bucks. Like I don't know, like how you play it like that, but you're right. I mean, if it's low, he wins. So
0: fair play to Kev. All right, shut it down. All right, another good call-in segment in the books. Uh, we got a lot of call-ins this time. I'm assuming because of the giveaway. So if we can keep that up for upcoming weeks, I'll be pretty good. But um. Before we get into our interview with Mr. Nicholson, we got uh, one more
1: column. Yeah, so this one comes in from Daniel, a student at Syracuse. He has the Chiefs winning 38-21 over the Bucks, And his question was, what do you think of the Phillies re-signing JT and where do you think they stand in the NL East? Um, so for me personally, um, as I've said many times, either within the interview or just talking, I'm a baseball guy. Um, so I was very ecstatic about hearing JT finally get done. That's been something that should have been done already. And it's just glad to have easily the best catcher in baseball back. Obviously, Bryce was talking about how important it was the other day and on social media. And in terms of the NL East, um, it's hard to assess. I feel like the NL East recently, is just as the Phillies been getting good, the rest has been getting good. The Braves have all the young talent, so you just don't know in this long offseason how much they've progressed. Obviously, the Nationals just won a World Series. Um, but that's why baseball is so special. It switches every single year. I guess unless you're the Dodgers who finally pulled it off. But um I think the Phillies will win the NL East, hopefully in a full 162 game season. And make a nice run to the NLCS. Uh, but they will get bounced. I think we come up just short, look to rebuild and uh hopefully catch a uh, World Series in the next couple of years.
0: You gotta give the Phillies props to how they did JT. I saw something that said that um when he originally asked for his contract he was up towards two hundred million and they got that down pretty pretty significantly to like one fifteen. So they're gonna have Bryce and JT for the next five years so I I would consider it a success now but if they can't win within the next five years I would definitely consider that a failure all right so now we're going to get right into our interview with North Penn High School principal Mr. Pete Nicholson All right, today we have another very special guest joining us on the show. He's the principal here at North Bend High School, Mr. Pete Nicholson. Thank you for coming on the show.
3: Guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate the uh, the invite. So, what do you
0: what do you think in early prediction? Uh, we, snow day on Monday?
3: It's a great question. I, you know, I go back and forth. I've been looking at the the weather apps, multiple weather apps, I should say, and you know, I think it's it's likely we're impacted some way, shape, or form. I don't know if that is a, a virtual day or a traditional snow day, but my my early prediction says we're going to be impacted on Monday. Of course, as we all know, weather uh, weather forecasters are wrong, so we'll see what happens.
0: What goes into the decision of determining whether we just do all virtual for the day, or just it's just an off day?
3: I think there are multiple things. Honestly, I mean, this is the first year we've really had the option of mm-hmm. of virtual, so, and it's been a pretty mild mild winter until at least this weekend, so. You know, I think there's some merit in the the typical snow day. Uh, you know, I think everybody needs a chance, aids to if we have a lot of snow to dig out, right? I mean, yeah. there's shoveling to be done, there's snow blowing to be done. Um, so that that's part of it. I think there's also, you know, in the midst of a, a year that's been pretty crazy, I think there's something to be said for just that random day off. I mean, I remember as a a student waking up and listening to the radio and hearing that my school was closed, and there's just something to be said for turning the alarm clock off and going back to sleep for a little bit and relaxing, uh, you know, going out sledding with friends, that kind of thing. But there's also, you know, we have to look at it as well. I mean, there are times where, you know, a virtual day just might not work. If there's heavy winds, if there's power outages predicted or, or internet outages, you, you know, you can't learn uh, via the internet if your internet's down or if your power's down. So you know, there's a lot that goes into it.
0: Yeah. The, the power is definitely a big thing with it. Um, you obviously can't log in virtually if there's no power in the whole school. But um, so what we like to do with the guests that we do when we bring on the show is we like to start with the backstory of how they got into the position that they, they're in, they find themselves in today. So when you were going through high school, did you have a general idea of what you wanted to be when you were older, or were you kind of still undecided until you got into college?
3: So I'll say yes and no. So all, all throughout high school, uh, my goal and, and where I saw myself going, I really wanted to be an athletic trainer. Uh, I When I first started looking at colleges, I started looking at athletic training programs. So that was kind of my goal. And then I guess, I don't want to say randomly, but my junior year when I was looking at courses for senior year, we had a, an option. I went to Quakertown High School just up the road here. So uh, we had what we called at that point an ed internship. So it was similar to our, our uh, career work study, uh, those types of, of programs we have here at North Penn. And I had the opportunity to work uh, my senior year with one of our health and phys ed teachers at Quakertown. And that, it was something I loved. Uh, I really much enjoyed being in the gym. I enjoyed uh, the health classes. I got a chance to teach a little bit towards the end of the year. He gave me the opportunity to teach a couple lessons to, I was a senior, I was teaching, I think sophomores uh, about health and about phys ed. And, you know, it was, it was just something that that really kind of changed my, my direction. So I, I, veered off and went into uh, teaching into health and physical education. And then, you know, uh, that kind of led to one thing led to another and here I am.
0: How was your experiences that you had when you were a gym and health teacher help you still today?
3: You know, I, I think when, when you're teaching health and phys ed, and I know our health and phys ed teachers here are similar to the, the situation I had. Um, there's a lot of flexibility that's involved and there's the opportunity to really get to know all the students. As you know, a health and phys teacher here at North End High School and specifically where I taught, uh, I taught middle school and I had every single student in the school in my class at one point or another in the years. So you get to make those relationships, you get to know kids, you get to um, you know, see them. You know, in my case as a teacher, I saw them every other day for three years of, of middle school. So you really get to make those bonds. And I think that is something that I, I try to continue here as the principal of the high school. Obviously our school here is a lot bigger than when oh, I was definitely. teaching and I have, you know, I have less contact with students on the day to day, but I still try to, to make connections. I still try to, to get to know kids and know them by name and call them by name when I see them. Obviously that's been made harder with everyone wearing masks this year, but uh, you know, it's something that, that I certainly carry with me because it was, it was always a point of pride for me as a teacher. To know every student and, and kind of know a little bit about them too, and I try to do as much as as much of that as I can now.
1: Um. So coming through college and out of college, getting your first job in that kind of teaching uh, slash school environment role was that like
3: it was exciting. It was exciting. It was uh you know little known backstory. I so I taught in Allentown school district, but I was actually employed at Upper Perk High School as a phys ed teacher, a part-time phys ed teacher for a day and a half. So uh, I had looked around for a number of jobs I'd applied all over the area. As I said, I grew up in Quakertown and wanted to stay local. Uh, and realistically, I'd interviewed a number of places and that the only offer I'd gotten to that point was a, a part-time position at Upper Perk. So I went to my, my first day of in-service before the school year started. At lunchtime, I had a call from the human resources director in Allentown. Saying they would like to hire me, but they needed a couple of pieces of documentation. I faxed those later that day. And at lunchtime, the second day of in service, I had an offer from Allentown and and went back into my principal and resigned. So it was the next day I ended up in, in Allentown for my first day of school. So it was it's exciting when when you get to that point and you've gone through twelve years of, of school, um, and then you've gone through four years of college and you're you're finally off kind of on your own and, and getting that first real full-time job in that, in that field where you were, you, know, you were interested in, at least for me, it was four or five years. And it's just really exciting. You've kinda, you feel like you've rich, reached that, that end goal. And then of course, once you get there, uh, you know, as you know, being a former athlete, I think all, all athletes are used to and musicians are used to and people that, that are um, into those types of things. You, you set other goals for yourself and, and just kind of continuously try to improve.
1: Different going from being a teacher and like helping exactly hands on the kids, what made you get into the administrative side?
3: That's a great question, Colin. I, you know, while I was teaching, um, I had the opportunity to, you know, kind of become a, a teacher leader. I was coaching at the same time. Uh, in any school, there are some leaders in in the teaching ranks that work with the administration to to plan things and to work on curriculum and do some of those things. And just I guess as things would happen, I ended up being the, the longest tenured health or phys ed, phys ed teacher in my building in my second year. Uh, just so happened that everyone that had been there left and uh, I was kind of tapped on the shoulder and asked to do some things and kind of found that I liked doing a little bit more and I felt like I could have a little bit larger impact on kids uh, not being necessarily in the classroom uh, but being, you know, in, in that different role where I could impact not just kids in my school, but kids in some other schools through curriculum writing and some kids that, that were in other classes through some of the, the committees I was on. So it kind of changed my mindset a little bit. Uh, it was it was tough to leave a classroom. Uh, as I said, I, I always kind of prided myself on having those bonds with kids, and it was tough to, to say goodbye when I, I left that school and went to my next school as a, an assistant principal. But, um you know I, I think in any any field as you as you're there and you learn and you grow and you find other niches and other passions you need to to kind of pursue those passions you,
0: you talk uh, about we, ath- we, you got you it, you, you, got it. Right. you talk about you talk about athletics uh it says on your high school um uh description that you were a former high school football coach and you're an active runner and both those things true
3: those things those are both true yes yeah i uh I taught or I coached uh, high school football at Dariff High School in Allentown for five years. I uh, was slated to go back for my sixth year and at that point I was just about a year away from my administrative degree and decided to, to resign from football uh, that last year to, to make sure I could take the rest of my classes. And um, so that was that was the end of my coaching career because the next by the next year I was in administration and just didn't have the time. And I am a, a runner. Uh, I I've run a number of half marathons and, and I work wow. out uh, every morning before I come into work.
0: I know Colin works out
3: before we do the podcast. Yeah, would you say if you uh,
1: stuck with that a little bit longer,
3: you uh, would be just as good as uh, Coach Beck? <laughs> I like to tell Coach Beck that, yes. Uh, but, you know, when Coach won his uh, his 200th game this year, I sent him a little video, video message and, and I told him basically if, if I had stayed in coaching long enough to win 200 games, I would have been about 550 years old. Um, the, the teams I coached were not very good. Um, I, I like to to say that, you know, I, I taught them uh, a lot about life. And uh, hopefully I made them better, better young men through the process. I don't know that they necessarily became better football players uh, while I was coaching. But I had a, a ton of fun with that. Football is is a uh, you know obviously a passion of mine and something I was very proud to coach and and just be around those those uh, at that point it was you know only young men we didn't have uh, uh, any any females on our team during that time but uh, you know it was it was a great time coming after
1: coaching um, you went straight into administrative um, hitting that administrative period at multiple school districts what's the difference like between each one you've been at.
3: It, it's tough to say. I mean, I came from Allentown School District, which is very urban, um, and I was at a middle school there, so I was working with sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and as an assistant principal. And then I came here as an assistant principal for five years with, you know, at the high school level with tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, and it was very, very different. Um, it, the The setting, the 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 types of students we have here, as compared to. Um, what I was doing there. I, I will say my time in Allentown was 100% rewarding, and it was even harder for me to leave Allentown when I left. Uh, when I was lucky enough to to get the job here, uh, I was very excited to come here, but it was very difficult to leave Allentown. Uh, there were a lot of students that I had really, really close bonds with, um, you know, knowing them for three years, and, and that, was, that was really difficult. So, you know, I, I think no matter what students have needs and, and the goal as an educator is to meet those needs and to make sure that you're doing what you can to, to make them uh, successful or help them be successful and get to their goals. So there's a common thread there, but the, the situations and the settings are, are often completely different.
0: So I want to, I want to transition now to uh, stuff that's going on at North Penn like now. So obviously you got the online learning and I think you guys have done a pretty good job with the circumstances of getting the virtual and the hybrid. But well, obviously, there's going to be problems with that come with every situation that we face. So, what would you say the biggest problem you guys have seen with the online ver- learning format?
3: I think the the biggest challenge we have, and the biggest concern I have is is or are the the students that don't have their cameras on. Mm. You know, it's it's really tough having been in the classroom for a number of years and seeing teachers struggle with that lack of feedback. You know, teaching is all about getting that feedback. You know, as a teacher, you, you thrive on, you know, working with a student and seeing their eyes light up or seeing that, that facial expression change when they, they finally get something. They understand what it is that we're talking about and they, they're, they're learning and they're, they're engaged. And that's very difficult when all you see is a, an icon on the screen to not, not have any kind of feedback like that. As a, as a coach, when you teach alignment or you teach a quarterback a certain technique, and then they go out and do it that's that's what it's all about you know as a, a teacher and a coach and to not have that immediate feedback to not really know you know if your your students are are they learning or if they're playing ps5 uh, is difficult and i think that's that's to me that seems like the the biggest frustration right now and the biggest sticking point um you know and things that we need to continue to encourage you know our students to turn on their cameras and and be engaged because i think teachers you will know, we'll thrive on that and they'll, they'll be even more energetic and, and involved if they can see that what they're doing is worthwhile to their kids.
1: So recently it was just announced and emailed out to both students and parents about the five day in or five day virtual. Um, from your perspective, how was the planning of that going and how did you guys come to the conclusion that this would be like the correct step going forward?
3: Yeah, the, the planning for that is is really in the, the early stages. I have the data and I've been looking through that and we've been kind of trying to analyze what it would look like in, in practice. You know, how many of the students at one, five days per week are, are currently in hybrid? How many are currently 100% virtual? You know, how many of... There's so many iterations that go into it here at the high school when you have eight, nine, ten different classes with minors and, and majors. So we're we're really trying to evaluate that. What we, what I don't want to get into is a situation where we're having too many students in a classroom and we're not able to keep the social distancing. Uh, but, you know, the goal is to get as many students in here as we can safe and, and um, you know, socially distanced. I, you know, if you walk around the building right now, there's, there's no secret. I don't think that our, our classes are pretty empty. Um, you know, there aren't, uh that many students that are coming into the building even hybrid students are are electing to stay present virtually and stay at home Uh, but we really have to be careful of how how we go about this and and which students are coming in five days a week so so we're not overcrowding and we're not getting to the point where we need to tell people that they can't come in so we're in the, the early stages. I hope to have some answers soon and, and hopefully we have a little bit more direction based on the numbers that we can share out before too long. So, you know, because like I said, the goal is to get get students in the building. I'd love to just be able to go back to where we were in February of last year and have all this behind us, but that's, that's probably not reality, certainly for the rest of this year. So we just need to get kids in the building, get that feedback for teachers, uh, have students, you know, in person and, and making sure we're doing everything we can for that. What does that
0: look like if 80% of kids say they want to come in five days a week?
3: Well, that, that would be, that would be a problem. That would be a a decision we would have to, to really weigh out. Um, You know, the guidelines and and what we stand by uh, are six feet of separation. If 80% of students all wanted to be in person, that's not something we could accommodate. So there'd have to be some questions there of, you know, could we accommodate that and say, we'll try to keep six feet. We'll try to keep, uh, you know, four feet of separation. Uh, Or is it a, you know what, we just can't handle that many students and, and we have to just move in a different direction. So the numbers don't bear out 80%. I don't have them right in front of me, but, you know, I think we'll be able to accommodate a large number of the students that want to come in five days a week. Uh, it's just a matter of making sure we have everything in line. So, you know, we have to worry, obviously, about busing, about the cafeteria, as well as classroom. So there's a, there are a lot of decisions to make and a, a lot we have to put into it before we just uh, allow students to come in.
1: Um, I know, like you were talking about how, obviously, a five-day, uh, either in-person or virtual, is still a little bit away. And so is was graduation, which for... Me and Tyler included. A lot of seniors just kind of on their mind. We saw how it went last year with the drive-through ceremony, which honestly looked still obviously not as normal because of the thousands of people you literally need to have in the stadium. Uh, Still looked good. Is there any type of plan um, this far out at the moment or no?
3: No, I knew it was going to come around to to senior events at some point. So. Yeah, we've been discussing different options. We've been talking about different things. Uh, I actually have a a meeting with uh, our senior class advisors and and senior assistant principals right after this podcast uh, to talk about some other things, not necessarily graduation, uh, but we've had some really, I guess, preliminary talks. And it's difficult to project this far out because we really don't know what the guidelines will be or what the, the mandates will be that we have to follow. Um, you know, realistically, you know, last year's graduation, I thought was incredible. We, we got a ton of amazing feedback. Uh, however, if the current restrictions are in place now, uh, the current restrictions that are in place now are in place in June, technically we wouldn't necessarily even be able to to, to do that without getting a special permit. So, you know, we need to to wait and see a little bit and, you know, we need to, to plan as if, um, we're going to have a, a big old school graduation style, and also have some you know plans B, C, D, uh, just to make sure we we honor all the seniors the best we can. You you guys have lost so much. Uh, you know we talked a lot about the the class of 2020 and losing their their spring and graduation, and and that's 100 percent true. Uh, I don't think any of us at that point knew that we'd be here in almost February with the class of 2021. That that missed all of spring and and was virtual for a good portion of this year already and the you know very uncertain future for the rest of this school year so we want to make things awesome we want to make things better than last year so i know with the help of of the students here at the high school and the help of of everybody that was involved last year we'll we'll have some good stuff for you guys
0: now this is something that mr manero and i talked about and it um kind of correlates the seniors for next year more than us but considering everything's back to normal, what's the first day of school going to look like in August next year?
3: Well, we're Taking the assumption that everything's going to be normal, I think is, is a big assumption, but I, you know, I think it would, if everything's behind us and the vaccines are widely available and we can be five days a week in person and everybody, uh, you know, parents and students are are comfortable sending everybody in and we have 3,100 walk in this building I think it's going to be absolutely amazing um, you know I, I just foresee you know if that were the case and and I have my doubts but if that were the case in the a perfect world you know I think it'll be a huge celebration you know just after everything that we've been through at that point it would have been what 18 months 19 months to to have some normalcy and to have that that typical day where we walk in the halls and we don't have masks on and and, you know, we can sit in the cafeteria without plexiglass between us. Uh, it, it'll be absolutely incredible. And I think just, just thinking about that kind of makes me realize how much we took for granted what we had prior to this pandemic. You know, the, the ability to have 3,000 kids in the hall and everything and all the energy that, that was here, um, you know, it just makes me, makes me want for those days and, and look forward to, to a day like what you just said, where we can do that again. Mr.
0: Manero said he wants, the, uh, he wants the band outside playing as the kids walk into school on the, on the first day back.
3: <laughs> well, tell, tell Mr. Monero, I know he also wants turf and lights on the baseball field. Just tell him, tell him we can't have everything we want in life. Okay.
0: All right, so what we want to do now before we go is a little segment where you like to call Boomer Bus. bust. So I'll give you a prediction, and then you have to tell me whether, whether or not you think the prediction is a boom or a bust, so where you think it's going to happen or not. So we'll stick with the, okay. we'll stick with the baseball theme of mr. Monero here uh, Boomer bust the baseball team wins the district this season
3: wins the district this season that's that's going to be a tough one I, I have to say I mean I haven't seen some of these players play baseball since since they were were sophomores so that that's tough but you know I, I know mr. Monero and and I know his work ethic and I, I specifically know the great talented staff he has that that boosts him up so I'm going to go boom. I have full faith in our, our student-athletes and I have full faith in, in Monero's uh, assistant coaches to do the job and, and make him look good. So I'm going boom.
1: Uh, so next Sunday after this coming one, do
3: the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? Oh, man. I'm going to go bust on that. I, I I've, Well, I think Patrick Mahomes is incredible and I would love to see Andy Reid uh, win a second Super Bowl. It's just so difficult to to go against Tom Brady after everything he's done at 43 years old to to be playing the way he's playing um, with that defense that they have uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, the bucks and you you gave your
0: opinion on what it will look like when it eventually is back to normal but boomer bus we're back to normal first day of school August late August next year everyone in the
1: building
3: As much as it pains me to say, I'm going to go bust. Uh, I just don't see the vaccine. I hope I'm wrong. Believe me, of of the the prior ones that you've asked me, this is the one I hope I'm wrong on. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, with the vaccines and the way it's rolling out, I don't see that all families and all students are going to be comfortable returning uh, without everyone being vaccinated. And I just don't know that we can vaccinate everyone uh, you know 300 plus million people in the United States prior to to the end of summer this year so unfortunately as much as it it devastates me to say it I have to bust with that. Um,
1: Our next one comes off a little back and forth um, between the baseball and softball team on Twitter today so could the best hitter on the baseball team hit a fastball off of Matty Volpe?
3: How many chances do they get? Is there anything Three. there?
1: Three. I, just, I'd say in a regular at-bat, could, could they get a hit off of Matty Bopey?
3: I'm going to couch my answer, but I'm going to say boom. Oh. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm gonna say a, a good baseball hitter, it may take till the third pitch, but might be able to, to back into one and, and get one into the gap somewhere, get one, a, a looper over the infield. I don't think it's going to be a strongly hit ball, and I certainly don't think they're going to make Maddie look bad because I've seen her pitch. Um, But I think they'd make contact and and maybe have a chance. So I'll go boom, and that's absolutely no disrespect to Maddie because I can't wait to see her out there this year for her senior year. Um, I was absolutely devastated for the softball team last year with the amount of talent they had. I think they had every chance to go the distance for the state last year, and I I think they can again this year. So – I'm going to go boom, but I'm going to say it's not going to be a hard hit ball. And if the the guys on the baseball team think they're going to run into a home run off her, they're they're sadly mistaken.
1: Do you think the best hitter on the softball team could get a hit off of the best pitcher like Dylan Brown on the baseball team?
3: I'm going to go boom on that, too. I'm going to go boom on that. And again, no no disrespect to Dylan. Um, But a a good hitter is a good hitter. And I I think that – you know, having, I played baseball in high school too, and I wasn't good enough to play in college. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think a good hitter, given given the opportunity, will make contact. Whether it's a hit or not, I think that's that's difficult, difficult to say. But to to make contact, if you're a good hitter, you're just flat out a good hitter. It doesn't matter if it's a baseball, a softball, or a, a beach ball coming your way. I think you can run into one if given a, a full at bat.
0: Now, this last one we've been asking all our guests, um, it's not a boomer a bus, but Who do you think the next professional team to win a championship in Philadelphia is?
3: Wow. I'm going to have to say, see, this is difficult for me because I'm not a huge hockey fan. So I haven't been following the flyers all that closely. Um, I I typically follow hockey more during the playoffs. I know they're having a fairly decent season, Uh, but I think I have to say, I have to say the Sixers. I, I think the way they've been playing this year so far, uh, Embiid's been incredible with the the spacing that, that Curry and Green have provided, um, and, and Tobias Harris looking looking a little bit like his old self back uh, with Doc Rivers. I have to go with the Sixers. I, I think the Phillies, even though they have uh, JT back on board, they they have some some big holes to fill yet. And the, the Eagles, I think that's yet to be seen what the the new coach does there and how they can rebuild a little bit and if they can get Wentz back on track. So. Knowing I'm not hugely into hockey, I have to go with the Sixers of what I know.
0: That's what we've, we've seen. We've seen a lot of Sixers and Flyers answers. But I, I actually, me personally, I'm not a big baseball guy, but I think the Phillies are going to win next. Just because basketball, you got got like the teams like the Nets and the Lakers, and you just have the, you have the constant super teams. And, and the Flyers haven't won in like 50 years, so I, I, don't, I don't know. So I, I go baseball just because of JT and, uh, JT and Bryce, and they got a good future for the next five years. And I know Colin's uh, high on the Phillies as well.
3: Very, 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 very much that's, a baseball guy. That's it. I mean, it's a solid pick, and they, they're never afraid to spend. Um, so you don't know. They may f- pick up somebody else yet before this this offseason's out. Um, you know, maybe it's recency bias for me just coming off the Lakers win for the Sixers this week, uh, you know, against top tier, you know, defeating the, the defending champ uh, when they were undefeated on the road up to that point. So it might be some recency bias there. I mean, I, I root all Philly, so I hope they all win. Um, and I, I can't argue with the Phillies. I, I, uh, I certainly hope I get to see them win another uh, world series.
0: And just real quick, how do you, how do you feel about the game of baseball? Do you think it's gotten to a point where it's always going to be looked at as the three or four and like the city because of the pace of the game?
3: I think definitely baseball has the pace of game, uh, against it. Now I remember even for myself as a, as a, a kid, I would watch an entire baseball game and, um, you know, probably the, the, the sport that I enjoyed the most was baseball. I was a catcher and always in the game and always had something to do, which is one of the reasons I moved to catcher. I think with the way society has changed and everything's in, in small, you know, uh, Instagram style uh, stories and that sort of thing, people's attention uh, especially the younger generation, but me included. Um, and I don't include myself in the younger generation anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, the, the attention span in society is not what it used to be. So uh, I think that does have it going against it. I think if they can find a way to, to speed things up a little bit without making it look rushed, that would help. Uh, and I also think it's difficult, specifically with football. I think that sometimes less is more. And when you only have 16 regular season games and you're not on every night of the week, uh, people tune in more and, and really you know, want more. And I think the NFL has done a nice job. Even if they go to seventeen games, I think they've done a nice job of, of splitting the middle there, where you know there's there's enough to to quench everyone's thirst, but leave them looking for a little bit more. Where in baseball, it's it's difficult. They're you know the Phillies are on every night. Now I'll, I'll throw them on for an inning or two every night, but I very rarely do I watch an entire game like I would with with football or or even basketball.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Do you think do you think basketball is in a situation too where they're kind of in trouble with the 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 trend that the league has taken with the, with the super teams? You
3: know, I think what it does is it sets up where the, the the fan base that doesn't have a super team isn't as interested. You know, it certainly makes it interesting when you have, if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan or if you're a a Lakers fan, or even right now with the Sixers with, with a couple of top, top notch guys there, I think it makes it more difficult. And it, it makes it top heavy. Um, you know, it's hard to believe that some of these these uh, max players are ever going to end up in some of these cities. And you constantly see, um, you know, the young talent leaving when they're free agents. So I, I think there's some potential there to see some negative impact. I don't know that it's fully negatively impacted basketball. You see, you know, they seem to be doing fairly well financially and people are still interested. But I think in the future, it could be could be a problem there.
0: All right, Mr. Nicholson. So we want to thank you for having the time to come on and join us. It's been good.
3: Absolutely, guys. I have to say, I'm I'm honored. I mean, seeing who you guys have interviewed and and had on your podcast, I I don't know that I in any way or shape rank with, with those uh, those names. So this has been a pleasure. I appreciate it. And uh, you know, when when you guys are uh, you know out of school and maybe hopefully continuing this podcast, uh, you'll have me back on at some point.
0: Yeah, we'd love to. All
3: right, right, guys. All
0: right, right, that will about do it for this episode of Casey's Pod. A couple of thanks we'd like to give, as always, when we head out. Advisor, teacher for the night card, Kevin Monero, Jojo, Hannah, Connor, all the others, the staff, and everyone else behind the scenes. Another special thanks to Mr. Nicholson for coming on and joining us today. Find Colin and I's articles and everyone else is on the staff at www.knightcroyer.org and check out Nightcroyer on Twitter at MPNightcroyer along with on Instagram at MPNightcroyer. That's MPNightcroyer on both platforms. And remember to head over to www.knightcroyer.org to read the latest news. Check out the podcast on Twitter at KCPodcast1. That's K-C-Podcast1. If you have a question you'd like Colin and I to answer on the next edition of Casey's Pod, head over to nightcroyer.org and drop a question in the comment section below or email us at kc.podcast21 at gmail.com and we will try to get to it on the next edition of the night cry podcast thanks to anchor listen to us on any place that you get your podcasts spotify apple podcasts pocket cats etc or listen to us over there with our friends from anchor at www.anchor.fm slash kc's podcast that's www.anchor.fm slash kc's podcast thanks for listening and we will see you next time